Hello and welcome to another episode of the Red Tinted Glasses podcast, our 98th in fact. Before we get into things, I should let you know that this episode was streamed live on our YouTube channel before being converted into an audio version for you all. Please do go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe with notifications on so you know exactly when our show goes live next time. And with that being said, we hope you enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome to the very first live Red Tinted Glasses review episode. Uh, After positive feedback on the watch along, we have decided to do a review of the weekend's game. And of course, we have to choose a game where we uh, lost, lost 2-1 to Celtic and Colin finding himself in cheerful mood joining us as ever on the show. Enjoy the weekend, Colin. I did. I had a great weekend. Um, I think I'm going to get stopped. Like I'm going to get stopped. Asked to come on here because even in what was our worst season in my living memory, we still didn't get beat off Aberdeen, and I've not seen a defeat yet. So uh, I don't know if I'll. This might be my last red tinted glasses appearance. They might come and find someone else. Oh, ho- hopefully it's not. But before we get into the game itself, well. What we have done this morning is we have opened up a raffle. You'll see it on screen below. The raffle is to raise money for Aber Necessities and the Aberdeen Football Community Trust. Aber Necessities are currently trying to help children and families in poverty and help them to spread a bit of cheer over the festive period by, you know, getting them a Christmas Eve box that contains pyjamas, toys, gifts, just something just to brighten up. Um, the the time of year when others may not be um, you know able to do so. So we have got two match two sets of tickets for the Aberdeen Dundee game on Boxing Day. It's two pairs of tickets, um, and you will be able to choose where you sit in the stadium. It isn't for a defined area, and um, so whether you want to join the Red Sheds, sit in the south stand, or be in the main stand, or Richard Donald, it's up to you. We've also got a match worn pair of Richard Byrne boots and a Matthew J. Wood print of the Subutio lineup of the European Cup winning cup team from 1983. As it says on the banner there, email redtintedglassespodcast at gmail.com. It's £10 a ticket, and we will give you the bank details for paying um, when you drop us an email. We have had a few folk dropping into our DMs on Twitter, which is at RTG underscore podcast. But just to, to keep track of everything, it is preferable if you do drop us an email instead, please. Glenn, I'll just put it out there now. Uh, I'll buy two tickets to your raffle and uh, I will put the, the out to anybody needy if I the one that comes out and wins it will go to a local charity up in Aberdeen. That's perfect, Colin. That's a, a great gesture from you there. So, um, as much as we're going to try and put it off for as long as possible, unfortunately, we do need to look at another defeat for Aberdeen. Aberdeen were battered by, where well, Aberdeen was battered by Storm Arwen on Friday night and into, into Saturday on, on the mo- most parts. But Sunday, it was a battering on the pitch at Parkhead. Callum, we made three changes from the side that lost at Tanadice. Johnny Hayes. David Bates and Lewis Ferguson returning to the side with Jack McKenzie, Dean Campbell and Funzo Ojo missing out. Ojo obviously through suspension. Were you surprised at that lineup or disappointed in any of the changes? Uh, I'm obviously a couple of them forced. I think I will drop out to the bench. However, very, very thankful that we had a defender come in. That was nice. David Bates. Um, and, you know, he, he seemed to perform well too. Hopefully, 
we can start singing together a consistent defence, but we all know that's never going to happen. I think Glenn, we might have to get Callum to drop out and come back in. Yeah, like you're, a, Wi-Fi. you're a bit, you're a bit laggy, Callum. Um, on, on I'll return. So, I'll return. Yes, returns. But whilst whilst you fix your Wi-Fi, this is the joy of live. Um, presenting, Colin, I'll get your thoughts on on the Celtic side. Leela Bad and James McCarthy came in from the side that, that lost to Bayer Leverkusen, replacing James Forrest and, and near beat on. H- how important was Celtic responding to the disappointment of crashing out of their second European competition this season? Yeah, obviously the beat on one is um, is enforced. That was an injury to near beat on, um, but the Abada one sort of caught a lot of people off guard uh, and I'm sure we'll get into it when we talk about the penalty incident but um, it wasn't one of Abada's best games in a Celtic jersey uh, to be honest. The game changed quite a lot when the introduction of James Forrest came on and yeah it was it's important for Celtic to bounce back. When you look at it, it was such a tight turnaround for Celtic this week. They were obviously over in Germany for the game on Thursday night the team were back on Friday for the the funeral of Bertie Old on Friday morning Um, and then you had the game on Sunday so I can't imagine there's been a lot of turnaround time for that Celtic squad. But when you look at it, in December, that's just the way the games are going to come thick and fast. Again, we've got a game on Thursday, Sunday. It's two games a week from now through to the new year. So mm-hmm. uh, it's important that we try and get the most out of the squad that we've got. And bringing in guys like James McCarthy, who I thought had actually had a better game than most Celtic fans would um, want to see on social media. Um, it's just a good option to have there. Yeah, and I suppose from an Aberdeen point of view, the, the lineups, the, the biggest uh, thing was the fact that it was the first time since 1947 that we didn't have uh, a youth graduate in the in the starting 11 with, with Dean Campbell finding himself on the bench. Jack Gurr, who I think, you know, I defended, let's be honest, on the, the podcast last week because I thought he came in for some unwarranted criticism column um, for his performance at Tanadice, but he didn't really defend very well in that first half up against Jota we defended him he didn't do much defending himself how's the lag going is it any better it's, it's improving but not not amazing we're, we're getting there so it's it's making about as much progress as Jack Gar then in that case <laughs> um, yeah he, he didn't cover himself in glory I think going to Jota I mean Jota can do that to most sort of right backs in the league, but yeah, Jack Gar did not cover himself in any sort of glory. I don't know how much we can put down sort of inexperience at a top level, I guess. Um, but at the same time, you know, Stephen Glass or whoever brought him have known that. And um, yeah, well, long, long, I hope Calvin Ramsey returns as soon as possible, essentially. That's all I can conclude from all of this. Yeah. And I suppose, Colin, you know, Jota impressed at, at Pataudry uh, in, in the first encounter and throughout that first half it was apparent to those of us watching um, yeah, I had one of my friends Celtic TV um, logins so I managed to, to catch the game that way you were at Parkhead it was mm-hmm. apparent to you as well at the game that that's where Celtic were going to get their success was down Aberdeen's right hand side Absolutely I mean you just look at them at across field balls that went from our right side over to our left Jota wanted on the ball, he was closing things down, he was winning it. I think Gurr was put on his backside a couple of times as well. Um, So, I mean, Jota at the minute, he's the guy that is on form. 
And when you've got that one guy in your team who is the guy that's on form, you get the ball to him as often as possible, especially someone who naturally gets bums off seats to watch him because he's got a bag full of tricks. He's he's in and out. He's weaving in. Um, look, I, I don't think it's a testament to the player that God is because I've seen him play different times before. I know you guys have kind of tried to defend him. I think there is a bit of a player in there. But when you're coming up against the, the quality of someone like Jota, I mean, it's different to coming up to maybe um, someone like, I don't even know, I don't want to be derogatory to anybody, but of a lower standard, do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. would Calvin Ramsey have done any better at right back? Yes. Maybe. I, I've been I've been very impressed with Calvin Ramsey, but I mean, you saw what happened in the game up at Pataudry. There was a right good battle between him and Jota, so um, on the wider pitch at Celtic Park, it would have been an interesting one to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Callum, are you surprised or were maybe our hands tied that we couldn't really change it? Um, I don't like, you look at it, there's not much other option we could have really done. I suppose, and I did, I would, you know, maybe we could have afforded to put McCrory up against Jota, maybe he's a bit more of a physical presence, but then we don't have enough centre halves, so that's not really an option at all. I think you saw as much as Ryan Hedge as possibly could, who's probably not the best defensively either, um, and he tried to sort of help double up with Jack Gurr, and he, uh, even then, still, Jota still certainly trying the best of him, but um, it's just frustrating that there's little other choice right now, really, except maybe a certain Venezuelan that might be coming back, hopefully, who knows? Hopefully never, well, <laughs> as in hopefully he's never coming back, because that's the way it looks like, but what has come back is your Wi-Fi and your, your lag and your um, vision is looking a, a lot better than, than it was earlier. And and Colin, what I'm going to do, so obviously you were at the game, is going to discuss Aberdeen's physicality because there was... <laughs> Much to Jeremy McCulloch's displeasure on Celtic TV was the way Aberdeen started the game, with Christian Ramirez letting Joe Hart know he was in a game in the early stages. Yeah, uh, I mean, first of all, it's a, a shame you had to listen to Jerry McCulloch. I do apologise for that. Um, it's my fault for having to go through Celtic TV, I suppose. <laughs> unfortunately, he's pained our ears for a number of years now. Um, look, at the game, I was raging, absolutely raging, because... It, <laughs> Joe Hart was clearly in a lot of pain after that. Now, obviously, there is the kind of... And we've said it time and time before, when you play big games, it's like the first tackle you get is always a freebie. But on the goalkeeper, and I know goalkeepers are protected a lot, it's just... I don't think that's the right kind of place to be laying your marker. I mean, was he trying to kind of weaken him for later on in the game? You would need to get the shots off, and we'll talk about that later on, because Aberdeen didn't. Um and for me, the concerning thing was Bain was stripped and ready to come on. Scott Bain was almost in this game. You nearly made us sit through 90 minutes of Scott Bain. That was um, the main plan. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good to see him back on his feet. Was it a yellow card? Potentially it could have been a yellow card um, for Ramirez. I don't think anybody would have had any massive complaints if he did have one. Mm. Um, but, I mean, Hart was on the deck for about seven minutes. And we only get four added on at the end of the first half, so I I don't know. And then the five in the second, we'll get to that. Yeah, and I suppose it kind of summed up the the first half in a way. It was, you know, lots of niggly fouls. And, you know, you said, was it a yellow card for Christian Ramirez? Well, should Kyogo have received a card for a a petulant kick out on on David Bates? I know you've said before we went live, Colin, you didn't see it at the time, but I, I called it straight away. He knows exactly what he's doing. The ball's come into the box and... It's headed clear and he seems to kick out at 
the back of David Bates's leg. Bates was definitely not happy with what he had done. And again, I just had to get frustrated at Jeremy McCulloch. Oh no, Kyle was not the type of player to do that. You know, not not our not our golden boy. Well, Glenn, Honestly, you saw you saw how sorry he was if he did do it because oh, he was wow. your medical assistant for the rest of the game. Every yeah. time an Aberdeen player went down, he was like a wee pat on the head, just make sure you're okay. Um, no, look, Kyogo has had instances like that before, um, and if you've seen James Black on Twitter from Not the Old Forum, who mm-hmm. d- doesn't want to tell the world he's a Rangers fan, but he is a Rangers fan, he single-handedly looks out for these instances every week. So. Um, you, you definitely see them on on Twitter. Like I think Kyogo and the centre halves all always have a bit of a battle. We saw yeah. it later on in the game where I think Bates kind of swings the arm at Kyogo as yeah. well. So there is a bit of back and forth. And look, it's it really it shouldn't be happening. But in Scottish football, it's not something that's it's new to the game. We've saw this time and time before. You see it at corners all the time. Um, there's always a bit of back and forth with the strikers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if he gets caught and he gets a yellow card, if he's kicked him out, he's got no complaints. And yeah. the same in the second, if Bates is caught swinging the arm, he's got a yellow card, no complaints. It's a Scottish football, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, you know, Callum, I suppose in the, in the first half, you know, Saddle did inevitably get the goal that their, their pressure probably deserved, I think it's fair to say. Um, disappointing from an Aberdeen point of view because, as I said, we all saw the goal coming and there was nothing that we could do to, to prevent it. But were you encouraged, let's say, by our response to going behind? A little bit. I mean, at times we have seen ourselves, you know, when Celtic, as soon as Celtic get one, we hold out for about 20 minutes, they get one and then we crumble. I guess, yeah. I mean... To be fair, at times, barely even laid, laid a glove on Celtic. But I think the response, I guess, was somewhat a little bit better than I expected. I sort of expected the floodgates to open, in mm-hmm. fairness. We did, I guess, get back into them. Obviously, ended up winning the penalty, which we got on to. Um, we're looking for the tiniest of positives here, though, really, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. And I suppose I kind of agree in that, that summary that you provided there. It's kind of the story of Aberdeen's trips to Parkhead. Start, you know, whether the storm concede grow back into the game or the, the floodgates do open mm. and we did grow into the game Marley Watkins flashed a shot on target that Joe Hart had to push round round the post and I was when I was looking at the stats from the game it was one of only two shots on target which I thought was um, hard to think because I thought Lewis Ferguson's header towards the end of the game which we're going to come on to would have, would have counted yeah, I think, I think the way it stands no no I, I think the way it stands penalties don't count for some reason on the stats, mm. I've seen this before that the penalties don't count. I don't know why, uh, because that was definitely a shot on target and it was going in. If it wasn't yeah. for, um, I can't even remember who was on the goal line. The it was Juranovic that Juranovic, uh, yeah. got his head to it. But um, Aberdeen, like we said, we did grow into the game. Um, Callum, what were your thoughts? Because I know Colin's very opinionated on this one. I'm going to hold him back just now. Uh, penalty for you when Leo Abada brings down David Bates. Um, I think so. I there's contact. Who initiates the contact? Maybe up for debate. The left leg on left leg, but I think if it's to be fair, maybe it's the other way around. Then we're maybe thinking that's never a penalty. That's soft. He's gone down. He's thrown himself down. Um, but I think it's about time we're due one of them. To be <laughs> fair, um, it, you know we've seen them go against us quite a lot, or just not get them going our way. Uh, I just put it down as soft. I can see why it's given, but. 
Yeah, I probably have complaints if uh, that was the other way around, to be fair. Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, we should commend Kevin Clancy for awarding a penalty <laughs> against um, the old firm. I'm sure the, the powers that be at the SFA have got him in front to remind him of his duties um, this morning. Uh, but, uh, you know, watching it live, I thought it was an absolute stonewall penalty. Colin, uh, I'll let you step in with your opinion because I know you definitely <laughs> disagree. <laughs> right, I'll tell you what, right, when I was at the game, I thought it was a stonewall penalty. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting I'm sitting diagonally opposite the Aberdeen fans. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I'm looking I'm looking at the box, I'm, I, I can see it. And from my angle, it did look as if a bad I kicked out at Bates. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I'm thinking, you are stupid. What are you doing? That is a penalty. You could see it. Nobody complained about it at the time. There wasn't a single complaint from yeah. the Celtic uh, the Celtic players. Then last night, watching it on sports scene, and you see it back, and you're, Callum, you're talking about who instigates the contact there. For me, looking at it, and again, you only see it in slow motion. We can talk about VAR and whatever, but Bates doesn't instigate the contact. Is he being clever? Yeah, he's been clever. Of course he's been clever. The ball's going away from him, so he's trying to win the foul. Mm-hmm. Is it a penalty? It's not a penalty for me. I mean, if you'd have been given that the other way about, I think the Aberdeen fans would have been absolutely raging. It would have been in the papers the next day. Um, someone, another Celtic dive, another typical Celtic, can't he always cheated, never defeated, all that kind of part that comes about. Uh, if it was... So, we were speaking about this, me and my pals, and we're talking about the introduction of VAR. Is it clear and obvious enough to be overturned? I don't know if it is. No, not for me. But if it's not given, is it clear and obvious enough to be given? Yes. I wouldn't say so. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. the red tinted glasses are, are very much on <laughs> in this incident. But I think, you know, it's funny, Colin, because I was just texting you last night. You know, we said, or you said in the preview about, you know, you hope David Bates plays because it would benefit Celtic well he was causing havoc in the box and for once from an Aberdeen point of view he was doing it at the right end of the pitch um, <laughs> by, by winning the penalty and then another player who you're well known to have your uh, opinions on was Lewis Ferguson and I'm just disappointed he didn't go to the opposite corner because as I said to you on, on Sunday it felt his celebration was very much aimed it's almost like he's been chewing into red tinted glasses and the, the uh, criticism he's been receiving from Colin Watt about him not maybe being as good a player as, as we make out to be he wouldn't be the first footballer this season to try and spite me um, for things that I've said about them but uh, no look Ferguson took the penalty very well Um but if you're being completely honest about his overall performance, tell me something else he done in the game apart from the header. He's not he's not involved enough for me. He's just he's not. I looked up his stats. He had forty four passes and thirty six of them were in his own half. If you if he's the if he's the creative outlet for that Aberdeen side, where, where is he in the play? He took his penalty well. He doesn't do enough for me and. There's always this talk about whether he'll go to one of the big two or whether he'll go down south. If he goes to Celtic, I'd be disappointed. If he goes to Rangers, I wouldn't care. I I don't think he's good enough. If he goes down south, I could see him ending up in League One eventually. 
I, I, I'm really, I really just don't see it. I don't see it. Someone's got to point it out to me what Lewis Ferguson does because if I was making subs yesterday for Aberdeen to try and change that game round, he'd have been one of the first to come off. I thought Scott Brown outplayed him in every way. Carlton. <laughs> Maybe if Scott Brown was Celtic's 12th man, maybe, but um, <laughs> we'll get on to that. Um, yeah. No, I I don't know. I, um, I think League One's harsh, first of all. That's maybe, harsh. One, first well, of all. maybe, maybe it is. Um, but, but Carl- League, one, League One in England, by the way. I'm not expecting them to turn out for like <laughs> Queen's Park. He's not that bad. <laughs> but, but Callum, I suppose the way we ended the first half, you know, grabbing the equaliser and becoming only the second team to score at Parkhead this season, I was thinking, God, are we going to, you know, pull our result out of our arses again in, in Glasgow like what we did at Ibrox, you know, unexpectedly I, going I'll be honest, I, I thought you would. So, I, I, generally, I generally thought you would. So did I. And and Callum, for me, that's probably the biggest frustration in similar vein to the Motherwell game, which I know you were at, I wasn't, but it, it, it felt that once again, we didn't get going in the second half. Oh yeah, 100%. The players were there, but they did not turn up, let's be honest. Um, yeah, it's just, I think toothless is basically one of the one of the only words I can use to describe it. It seemed like we sort of, I don't know what sort of identity that team sort of came out of that second half with. What sort of style play? What was the game plan uh, in that yeah. game? I, 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 there didn't seem to be any, and it was just—it's just so frustrating. How many times have we seen that? As you said, likewise against Motherwell, uh, just mm-hmm. not getting going. And you're at playing at Parkhead. You do shouldn't need anything to get you going at Parkhead when you're at Aberdeen. You're turning up there trying to ruin the day in front of what, fifty-five thousand Celtic fans mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was and, nothing and there. And that's what frustrated me. It was almost like we went with a game plan that, oh, well, we've got ourselves in at halftime, let's protect what we've got, which is when we were at Ibrox, we did once we were 2-0 up. And I just felt that we just kind of lost our identity. And Celtic obviously came out in that second half with a real intensity, a real purpose calling, and very much in the same vein as the first half. And, you know, I was texting Callum this, but it just felt like it was another... You know, Matt, the time was wave after wave of Celtic attack at that start of the second half. But this is the exact same as what happened at Pataudry earlier on in the season. Aberdeen got themselves back into the game. They were dominant for sort of five, ten minutes after it. And they didn't take the chances to capitalise on it. And then eventually they fade out of the game and Celtic grew stronger and that's where the second goal comes from. But Mm -hmm. for me, if I'm an Aberdeen fan, the most annoying thing about that game yesterday was... The fact that Aberdeen were on the ascendancy after they got the equaliser. They had Celtic pinned back in their own half and yet they still started (laughs) time-wasting. Throw-ins were taking 15-20 seconds. The the goalkeeper was going from one side of the park to the other. The game was getting slowed down. Mm. When the ball was going out, uh, if the ball was going out of play, it was going out for an injury. Players were going down. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does that say about Mm -hmm. Aberdeen? Because you had the chance there to go and actually make a statement yesterday mm-hmm. you could have been the first team to win at Celtic Park because when Celtic you look at the defence they didn't exactly play well Stephen Welsh and Cameron Carter Vickers didn't have their best game there was a chance Ramirez putting himself about there I thought Watkins run himself into the ground thought he had a great game but why kind of waste that opportunity as you said it was as if they just came out and went right it's one each let's try and protect this point mm-hmm. and if you do that against a side like Celtic all they have to do is step it up half a gear 
not yeah. even a whole gear, and you see what happened because Celtic weren't at their best yesterday. And after the second goal went in, apart from that kind of corner in the last couple of minutes where Aberdeen decided we're going to throw caution to the wind now, Mm-hmm. there wasn't mm-hmm. any sign of Aberdeen coming back into that game at all and that must be so frustrating because you go from here to here and it's not just a half time break you can't just say it was the 15 minutes because Glass has to be in that dressing room saying to them right we've got it we're in the position we want to be in stick to the game plan keep it going yeah. let's have a go at them yeah and I think Colin that you know I was speaking to somebody earlier about you know maybe the kind of overreaction to the defeat yesterday, but I think the, the points that Colin Mays makes there is maybe why there was such a you know frustration and disappointment on social media at full time yesterday was because of that manner of that second half performance. Yeah, I see. So we said going into it, you know, probably focus more on the performance rather than the result. Second half performance in particular is just absolutely awful. And you look at it, look at the goal Celtic got as well. It's like I'm not saying like oh that's so lucky, but it's they weren't at their best. They were absolutely yeah. weren't at their best. They create their own luck, obviously, uh, with that. But they weren't at their best. That's the sort. That's that was the winning goal. It's not like they'd blown us away or anything. And we were just went away without our whimper. It was terrible. Yeah, and and Colin, I know you've got to to shoot off in a second to your your five aside. So as as always, thanks for for joining us on on red tinted glasses. But as as Callum says, I just want to get your your thoughts on this before you do shoot off. Is that yes, your goal was fortunate in in all circumstances. But as me and Callum are going to come on to once you leave, is I felt that Celtic, if needed, could have gone up a couple of gears. And had it not been for Joe Lewis pulling off a couple of wonderful saves, which he did before the the mm-hmm. ball bounces off Callum McGregor and into the back of the net, was that the goal was the goal was coming. It was just a mm-hmm. matter of when. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you've said that about Celtic this season, knowing it's not came. I mean, you take a look at that result against Livingston earlier on in the season, 0-0 at home. Celtic peppered the goal and they just couldn't create uh, anything from it. And I think that's been part of Celtic's uh, structure this season. I took a look at this, the shots before the, we came on. 20 shots, 4 off target, 5 on, 11 blocked, including that incredible block from Ramirez. I thought he was dead after that. <laughs> he took some sting off that. Um, but you look at it, Celtic found themselves the majority of the time in Aberdeen's own half. So mm-hmm. when you're sitting so deep, especially when you, you've highlighted before the game, you've got a, a makeshift backline, you've got a, a midfield that wasn't isn't exactly playing great, and then you've got a forward line of Ramirez, who doesn't really suit being a lone striker. Watkins has to play off him. Hedge is the most creative player. is taken out of the game completely. So, yeah. it, I mean, it's like, it set up the perfect recipe for Celtic to find that goal. And if Celtic needed to, I think they could have got another one or two. You saw Jota hitting the post later on in the game. Uh, you saw some of the, the times that Aberdeen players had to throw their bodies on the line to block the shot. Yeah. So, um it, is, it's, it must be disappointing from an Aberdeen perspective. In terms of a Celtic perspective, it was a professional performance considering, as you said, they're playing Thursday, Sunday for the next number of weeks. Um, it's about getting those three points on the board considering that Rangers had the, the victory over Livingston beforehand to ensure that they stayed in touch. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I, I generally would be concerned if I was an Aberdeen fan going forward as to where this team's going because... You, you take a look at it, the defence will come back in, but there's still about four or five positions in that team that need strengthened in January. Otherwise, who knows if they'll even be a top six side. Yeah, well, on that 
positive bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- thanks again, Colin, for, for joining us. And also thanks for um, contributing to the, the raffle. As we said, we are doing a, a fundraising raffle to, to raise money for Albert Necessities and the Community Trust. Uh, information is available there on the screen. Email us at redtintedglassespodcast at gmail.com to enter. It's £10 a ticket with the opportunity to win match tickets to the Aberdeen Dundee game on Boxing Day. So, Colin, as always, thank you very much for your contribution to the show around the Celtic fixtures, and we will catch up with you uh, next time the two sides meet, hopefully not in January as the Scottish Cup draw is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you need a lot of work before then, but uh, all the best for the rest of the season until we play you guys. Yeah, thanks again, Colin. <laughs> Take care. See you later. And, and Callum, one of the, the issues before the, the Celtic goal, I suppose we should really cover is the Dylan McGeeh injury. I'm not saying it had a direct impact on us falling behind, but going forward, if it is a you know an injury that's likely to keep him out of, of Wednesday's game, how big a miss is he going to be? Because he's a player that's kind of came from nowhere and proved to be a, an important part of the squad. Uh, it would be huge, I think, if he's missing out. He's the type of player, he might not you know, set the world alight uh, every week, whatever, but he can take the correct the, um, game by a scarf of the neck and he can sort mm-hmm. of control the game and dictate play a little bit more. Um, something which we need at times. We need that sort of cool, calm, composed sort of player on the ball yeah. um, to calm down some of the mayhem that's going on. And uh, it would be a big miss. I think especially, we, we've got like, Quite a big squad, but the depth is still not great because the quality is not all there, and which is a concern with given some of the wages that we're probably spending. But mm-hmm. Dale McGeeock is sort of one of those players who you, you can consider reliable. He's not maybe not going to win you a game, um, but he can be a, a, a key cog in that, which is a bit frustrating, especially going to these three big games. I suppose that we're coming in. We've just had three big games in the uh, Hibs Rangers Hearts, and now it's. Three big games at the other end of the table we're looking at, though. <laughs> yeah, who thought the fixtures against Livingston, St Mirren, St Johnson would suddenly or potentially be season-defining or, dare I say, managerial-defining? But we will come into that uh, in, a, in a few minutes. But, Callum, did you feel that the, the goal we did concede pretty much sums up our season in terms of the manner or the way we've been conceding goals? Because, it, for me, it really did. I mean, let, let's not put it around the It's comical. Um, it I thought it was a goal, actually, at the time. I thought he'd booted off David Bates. I remember you saying, I remember you saying. And, but, like, there's no one really particularly at fault, but given just the way things have been going this season, you probably could have predicted something like that happening, something just yeah. mental like that. Given the amount of goals they've just given away so cheaply, and then there's that, and... It's just so frustrating because, as you say, okay, Celtic didn't blow us away, but they probably could have gone up a gear or two. Um, it's still frustrating that that's the goal that wins the game. Um, right foot to clearance, terrible from, well, not terrible from Johnny's, but it's just typical. It goes in off Calmagrera's arse or whatever it is. And I just I think you're right. It does just sum up our season so far. Um, we could do with a few of them at the other end, but I suppose you create your own luck, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as always, you know, we are live on, on YouTube. 
um, tonight and, and thanks to those of you that are currently getting involved in, in the comments. We are going to bring a few of them up when we discuss the manager's position because I know there's been a few of you making comments in, in that regard. But if you are, are new, to the, new to the channel, why not hit that like and subscribe button and, and leave a comment and get involved as well. It's it's great that so many of you are continuing to, to show support to, to this channel as you know come episode ninety eight as we are in just now and that is why what has been the thinking behind that that raffle um mm -hmm. to, to raise money ahead of um episode one hundred. It is mental. Well, episode, sorry, it's episode ninety-eight. The fact you've managed to get me on here for most of them, uh, it's, it's it's wild. It's wild. Some of the incoherent sentences I've formed, and you've more the point. It's wild that you've not kicked me off yet. That's the main thing. It's also wild that we're doing this live, and the only issue is actually just being Wi-Fi related. Uh, I know. People think that this is normally how seamless our recordings are behind the scenes. Oh no, absolutely not. I mean, I'm just glad there's no editing and cutting this time. Yeah, I know. Easy job. And of course, this episode will be available on audio platforms as well. If you have missed anything, it will be released on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Back to the game, though, Callum. And as Aberdeen found themselves 2-1 down, Stephen Glass did ring the changes. Mm -hmm. um, a player you were calling for in Austin Samuels was freed from the substitutes bench, but in place of Marley Watkins, which raised a few eyebrows I think it's fair to say yeah I think so I think possibly I suppose given the view that a couple of weeks ago he could play two games in two weeks maybe now two games of 90 minutes in uh, two games in one week sorry two games of 90 minutes in one week might be too much for him um, which is not great when you're you know chasing a game away at Parkhead but yeah, yeah Austin Samuels did come on and uh, made little to no impact which is frustrating but Good to Apart see he's still there and evolved. I think the only impact he had was booting Anthony Ralston up in the air, so clearly he just wanted to make the players know that he was involved in the game in some mm -hmm. some instance. In some capacity, yeah, but as you say, other than that, you know, little snow impact, but you could say that about, you know, a lot of the others in red on that, on that day. Yeah, um, and then Scott Brown, um, what appeared to be a hamstring injury, Mm -hmm. um, was forced off to be replaced by Teddy Jenks. But Stephen Glass coming out at the end of the game saying that he was suffering with cramp, which is quite convenient because the only two times Scott Brown has suffered with cramp this season have been against Celtic. Mm -hmm. Are we making too much out of it? Or is it just because he was being run ragged in midfield again? Not like you to play devil's advocate, Glenn. <laughs> Not uh, I'll let you answer the question instead. I don't much appreciate Um it is a quite convenient, admittedly, but I, I, I think we'd be a bit cynical to say that it's because he used to play for Celtic or captain Celtic, whatever. Um, you'd like to think that wouldn't affect him, a true professional like Scott Brown, but it is hard to not be a little bit, you know, question it a little bit slightly. Um, Especially, I suppose, if he features on Wednesday from the start. True, ready to go again. But I'm saying that I hope he does, because otherwise you might see Matty Longstaff, so... Yeah, well, interestingly, on Matty Longstaff, I suppose we'll, we'll get into that just now, was the news broke uh, over the weekend that Newcastle looks set to recall him um, from his loan and give him a chance, which uh, I find a bit bewildering. And I suppose you as a Newcastle fan might also find bewildering. But from an Aberdeen fan point of view, pretty much don't really care. He can leave tomorrow if he wants. Yeah, Actually, so we might need him just now with the, the, the injury crisis, I suppose, we should wait until January. 
that's a good point. But um, yeah, I suppose it probably frees up some wages that we can hopefully spend well elsewhere. Wisely. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, I can imagine we're probably paying a bit of his wages. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's interesting. It is very, I think you did use the word bewildering there um, mm-hmm. about him going back. He, surely he's not getting any chance at Newcastle. They're struggling enough as it is without mm-hmm. uh, throwing him in there. And you'd like to think they'd probably go and spend a lot of money in January. But you would have thought maybe another loan elsewhere maybe would be more fitting for Matty Longstaff. But um, he's peculiar because he's, at times he came into the Newcastle midfield and looked really good. Scored two goals against Manchester United. Fantastic. You know, what mm-hmm. more could you want? And then now we can't even can barely even get off our bench. And when he does, he costs us goals away at Tannadice. So brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose, you know, as we said, you know, we run the changes in trying to make an impact on the game, but we made little to no impact until the the very end when we managed to, to force a corner. Um and, and Dean Campbell whipped in the first corner and Lewis Ferguson almost like he did in the, the game at Pataudry earlier in the season close to finding the, the top corner but Celtic had learned their lesson and mm. Joseph Juranovic you know heading off the line and I was just sat there thinking how is that not found the back of the net yeah very frustrating I mean yeah well worked set piece we've seen it many times so far this season uh, frustrating that you know Celtic had learned their lesson it would have been brilliant to see the same goal twice and even better the fact it's going past Joe Hart but um, no unfortunate but it's good to see that you know if one thing's working it's maybe the attacking set pieces thank goodness for that yeah right so Aberdeen fall to a third consecutive defeat column and as I said you know we are live on YouTube and folk are getting involved in the comments below. And one of the comments coming from Graham Goodbrand saying McInnes would have been slaughtered for that yesterday. Do you agree if that that would be the similar like sort of viewpoint that if under previous management we would have been as critical as or are people being slightly less critical of Stephen Glass based on that performance? Um, it's a tough one it's a very very tough one I think the problem with had that been McInnes the anger had built up over so long that um, or frustration rather perhaps the better mm. word to use which is why maybe he would have been slaughtered or received um, more backlash um, I, I suppose I do agree to extent that that probably would have happened but I would put it down to the longevity of the issue rather than this so far maybe yeah, no, absolutely. So the defeat leaves us with 15 points from 15 games, Callum. It's our lowest tally at this stage of the season since Craig Brown's first full season in charge in the 11-12 season where we just had 13 points from the same number of games. We eventually finished ninth that season. It was our third straight season in doing so. And Paul uh, Cockwell, uh, a subscriber on the YouTube channel, but a Heidi, so I'm sure he's enjoying our current plight of misery, asks, are the fans still behind Stephen Glass? And if so, for how long? I think the, the defeat at the weekend, I think because I said it, I felt it was kind of like a free hit, I was kind of, as I said earlier in the show, not really understanding of the maybe overreaction to the defeat. Uh, because for me, I was expecting to lose the game at the weekend, so uh, I wasn't going to get too worked up around it. But it's the the games coming up to, uh, on Wednesday night at Pataudry against Livingston, which were a way to preview, uh, and then again on Saturday against St Mirren, that for me is probably of greater importance and will decide how many of the fans still stay behind Stephen Glass. 
I would probably tend to agree in that. I think the manner of the performance perhaps uh, more of an issue than the result after that. Um, but uh, I'm trying to remain positive with Stephen Glass. I don't necessarily think all of it's his fault. I mean, mm-hmm. an experienced manager, um, but at the end of the day, somebody else hired him. So you'd be stupid to probably turn that sort of job down. I think it'll be interesting to see, yeah, as you say, these nine games and then that would probably, if he goes and gets even seven points from this, these nine games, that's pro- uh, these three games, that's probably uh, quite a good uh, end result there. But And that'll probably buy him till January. And then that'll be interesting to see what happens there with an actual sort of recruitment network in place now, which wasn't maybe in place in January. Um and it'll be interesting to see how we do go about things and how much he'll be back from up above too, I suppose. Yeah, and I suppose that's the thing, you know, a lot of people are maybe wondering is how much will his friend Dave Cormack, you know, be reluctant to get rid of the manager that he has, you know, made a point of appointing, really. Um, but I do think the the noises um, on social media, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Twitter and Facebook can't get... A manager sacked, um, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, as, as Robbie Hanratty is in the in the comments saying, you know, crowd of maybe eight k max on Wednesday, okay, that might also have an effect on the weather. You know, a lot of people still suffering mm-hmm. the, the effects of the, the storm we had over the, the weekend. But if crowds do begin to dwindle um, because fans aren't enjoying what they're seizing, seeing not only will tickets be a hard sell, but potentially season tickets into into next season that that could become a deciding factor for folk. Yeah, massively. Um, oh, as Kimo Metal Texas has said, it will be a very, very hard sell um, if things don't improve. I mean, they'll be struggling to shift shift season tickets. Yeah, one hundred percent with this form. There's a lot of factors to play into. I suppose it'll just be interesting to see. You also mentioned the giant transfer window. I, I've mentioned it as well. It'll be interesting to see how much he is back if he's still in the job. I am probably believing that it's Dave Cormack's man, so he'll probably throw whatever he can at it mm-hmm. and uh, hope for the best. But we sort of did that in summer, I guess, and kind of hasn't worked. But as I mentioned, hopefully with the actual recruitment network in place now, things will improve as well as the results. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, season tickets might be a hard sell, but I'm going to continue my hard sell on the, the raffle that we've got going. Um, if you don't want to fork out, you know, loads of money, there's an opportunity for just £10 a ticket to win two t- a pair of tickets for the Aberdeen v Dundee game on Boxing Day. We have two sets of tickets for that, so it's four tickets in total, but we're going to op- uh, raffle them off as two pairs. Um, plus a signed pair of Richie Byrne boots and a Matthew J. Wood Subutio print of the 1983 Cup Winners Cup team. As I said, it's £10 a number for the raffle. Email to redtintedglassespodcast at gmail.com for more details to secure your number and payment detail information. Raising funds for Aber Necessities and the Community Trust. You know, for those of you that maybe know a bit about Aber Necessities, the local charity that help children and families in poverty, you know, if you want to take a donation of Advent calendars or gifts, they are looking for you know, presents to that they can send out to to children and families in need. So maybe if you've got clothes that you're no longer using for your kids, take them over to their their headquarters. It's Crave our house out, out in Dice. So they'll be most welcome for, for any donations that are 
um, coming their way. And of course, we are looking to, to, to sell for about 200 numbers for this. Um, so split between Aber Necessities and the Community Trust would raise £1,000 uh, for both charities. And I think, you know, fantastic value. And, you know, maybe £10 towards a raffle instead of your coupon this weekend. You know, put it to a, put it to a worthwhile cause. Um, we'll see. Even Go better, ahead. if you win a coupon... Spend even more than ten pounds on it. There you go. Yes, there we go. Look at you go. Right, so Callum Livingston, come up north. I was listening to the Talk Livy podcast. I'm not sure if any of the Talk Livy boys are tuned into this episode. Uh, if they are, you might as well set off soon because they were quoting it to be about a nine-hour trip up north, uh, and they don't like having to do that on a midweek in December. I know tongue in cheek, but I couldn't help but get it in myself. How are you feeling ahead of the game on Wednesday, Colin? Well, as if I wasn't <laughs> going to be looking, <laughs> uh, dreading it enough, perhaps, uh, given recent form. The weather's certainly not helping. Mm. But, you know, maybe maybe a nice trip to Tawdry, quite like the night games, even though they're usually freezing. Um, mm. Maybe it'll cheer me up. It might lift my spirits. Uh, we need a win. I'm not very... I wouldn't say I'm confident of one, but if you're looking for one, I guess a side like Livy, who, let's be honest handed as I went down there, uh, quite literally. Um, I suppose that is one of the preferable games maybe you'd like going into to go into, but um, to say I'm thoroughly looking forward to it would be a total lie. Well, let me counter your sense of positivity because that feels like what my role is on this podcast this season is to counter any form of positivity that you have. Yes, Livingston might be the team that we want to face, given how generous they were earlier in the season and giving us our only domestic away win of the season. However, Callum, Livingston are currently on a four-game unbeaten run away from home. They have only lost nine of their last 23 games on grass. And actually, that's including the games against the Glasgow 2. They've only lost five of 17 uh, on grass. So very much improved on uh, real grass instead of their their plastic pitch because their home form has left a lot to be desired this season. So they're probably coming up here with a bit more confidence than I would like, despite obviously losing 3-1 to Rangers uh, yesterday mm. lunchtime. That's the whole thing, knackered, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that's just what you... Okay, I've, I've totally done a U-turn after doing those statistics. <laughs> just what you want, a stuffy Livingston coming up on a midweek in December... After a storm, brilliant. It has all the makings for a terrible game of football. Um, buy tickets. Yeah, buy your tickets now. <laughs> but I suppose, Callum, though, that does emphasize the importance of the game, given that Livingston are just two points behind us in the league table. Mm-hmm. You know, results at the weekend very much went against us. Ross County have picked up four points in their last two games, Dundee winning. You know, we're almost back to looking over our shoulders again. And if we were, you know, if we were to lose this game on Wednesday night, we're very much putting ourselves in a precarious position. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about that. And then going against St. Marin, who obviously um, we lost two down there too. So, yeah. you know, it could turn very, very badly if we don't, if we don't get a result against Livingston. Um, are you up for a relegation, relegation battle this season, Glenn? Sound fun? Sound entertaining to you? Well, it's maybe not entertaining, but if you're entertained by the prospect of listening to us 
speak about a mm -hmm. uh, relegation battle, then make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast and Instagram RTG.podcast for all the latest content that we keep on producing. Whether or not we're in a relegation battle, top six fight, who knows what we'll be in come, let's say, after the January winter break. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You're quite the professional, though. That is one positive to take from this season so far. I mean, look at you go, just know, flying out, I'm throwing out the plugs everywhere. What the heck? And I'm getting my links sorted right now. But um, on the game itself, as I said, I was listening to the Talk Livy podcast earlier, and what they were saying was, you know, something that they could maybe exploit when they come up north is the crowd. You know, we spoke mm -hmm. there, Robbie, uh, in mentioning in the comments there, maybe a crowd around the eight 9,000 mark. A crowd going to Pataudry on Wednesday, frustrated on the back of three defeats. Could Livingston look to exploit the home crowd, frustrate Aberdeen as a team, and get the crowd turning on the back? How important is it, from an Aberdeen point of view, Calm, that we actually come out and start this game in a positive manner and take the game to Livingston? That'll definitely be something that's playing on Livingston's minds. They'll know that given our recent run of form, given the pressure you know, on the manager, on the players, on the chairman, for example, um, that if they can sort of go see out the first 20, 30 minutes, things will start to turn probably. And OK, there might not be a huge crowd there, but those who will there will be a little bit cold and grumpy. So, you know, it won't be, it won't be, they'll be have that in their minds and they'll be trying to sit in there and frustrate us and probably hit us in the counter-attack. You went through the statistics last time of how many shots on targets we've given up and how many they've scored uh, have been goals which is astounding so they'll be going for that so it's important that we do come flying out the traps and get the crowd going behind them not only you know for the team's case but also to warm us up a little bit um, yeah. it would be nice it would be nice but they do need to come flying out the traps with a positive start and hopefully we will actually take our chances when we start well unlike sort of the game against Motherwell for mm -hmm. example yeah, no, I think that's vital that we, uh, if we do start the game positively and create the chances that we do take them, uh, first and foremost, because we can't be affording to go 1-0 down because I think if we are, if we concede the first goal, uh, not only will the players who are probably short in confidence themselves just now, um, their heads might drop, but I think the crowd will very much turn and very quickly too if we were to concede. Now, again, the, the Livy boys were speaking about Bruce Anderson, obviously scored uh, in the, the, the first fixture between the sides this season. And, uh, as you've made kind of half-arsed half attempt to get it up the Aberdeen crowd, mm -hmm. they were saying they wondered if he was brought off earlier in the game uh, on Sunday, you know, 3-1 down, tough shift being the lone striker if he was kind of almost being rested with this game in mind. Um, him on top of, you know, Odin Bailey, who's been, you know, kind of hitting good form for Livingston and Alan Forrest on, on the other wing. Livingston, you know, do have threats that could cause what is likely to be a makeshift defence problems, do you reckon? Oh, yeah, they do. And um, as I say, knowing our luck, but also knowing what Bruce Anderson can be capable of, he probably would just need one chance and uh, he would love nothing more. Obviously, he did it down there. Unfortunately for him and Livingston, they didn't hold on for anything, rather thankfully for us. Mm -hmm. But how much would he love to, you know, he would definitely get it up us if he scored and what turned out to be something that earned him a point or three uh, at yeah. Tawdry in front of a bigger crowd. 
But they, they, they do have threats. I know we've just, you know, labelled them stuffy and things like that. Yeah. As we know, they can be. But they do yeah. have threats. Um, you know, they, they've picked up some decent results uh, in uh, so far in the league. And, you know, as you say, on a good run of form too. So it's a, it's a concern, especially, as you mentioned, also against that makeshift defence. Who knows who will be in there uh, on Wednesday. It could be anyone. Uh, could be you, could be me, hopefully. Yeah. Evan Towler, however. Ooh. Yes, I'm going to come on to that in a second, but I'm sure uh, you and Inco are delighted as us naming them Stuffy, um, mm. and I'm sure that won't come back to bite us in any oh, shape yeah. or form. When we are, You're welcome. Yes, you are very much welcome, but we will be back on Thursday lunchtime um, with another live show um, to review the game. Uh, on that takes place on Wednesday mm-hmm. and preview the, the weekend's game against St Mirren. So thank you to those of you that are continuing to subscribe to the channel tonight if you are new here. But if you want to you know, get notified of when we go live on Thursday lunchtime, the best thing to do is hit that subscribe button and make sure your notifications are turned on um, for the latest reaction to the Wednesday night game against Livingston. But Callum, on the point of what can we do to counter Livingston, what quality do you think we can show that will cause Livingston problems? Sorry, did you just mention quality in a question about Aberdeen Football Club right now? <laughs> Believe it or not, I did, yes. <laughs> wow, you are brave. Um, you know, we're looking at the likes of Watkins, who hopefully, as you say, it'll be nice and fresh for coming into this game. Watkins can cause any defence problems in this league um, let alone Livingston you see him he can, he'll can he put himself about but he's also got the quality there too um, hopefully Ryan Edges can step up to the mark often last season you saw him as sort of if Aberdeen were going to win a game he was going to be the man who's going to do it for you mm. um, but it's not been so much this season whether that's just you know the system the lack of form himself or having one eye on going down south who knows but mm. you're looking at him we know what he is capable of that is the type of player you need in a game like this where it could be hard to break a team down and they will look to frustrate us. You need someone like him, Marley Watkins, who can unlock that defence and make something happen and make a chance for Christian Ramirez, who hopefully will not get the ball hit off his throat this time and whatever. He could play centre-half, actually, come to think about it. He loves defending. Yeah. Um, but create chances for him. We know what he can do. We know he can take them. Um so those are the sort of the three we're looking at in particular. But also in the middle of the park, it's important. You know, we spoke about Ferguson and Brown earlier on the show, and perhaps McGeoch, if he's fit, or whoever else comes in for him. They need to take the game by the scruff of the neck, control the game, be in control of it, be patient probably in the build-up too, but yeah. don't lose that composure and keep trying to make things happen. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think for Christian Ramirez, you know, he's gone a few games now without scoring a goal. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I know his pal um, he was looking for a supporters bus to get his friend down to the game uh, against Parkhead uh, against Celtic uh, he did go on the DHT Reds down to Shettleston I mm-hmm. think his eyes were definitely opened um, to an Aberdeen supporter at Shettleston you'll know how good Shettleston is before our trips at Hamden and then of course he did go on the Blazing Lambs bus from Shettleston to Parkhead with the rest of the DHT Red so I'm sure it was an eye-opening experience for his friend that come over from America to the, to the game at the weekend That is brave goodness <laughs> me but he had a great, I hope he had a great time despite the result anyway yeah. um, I mean the, the game he must have thought what the hell how the hell do you do this week in week out but no wonder we have to drink so much True. Hope he had a good day out. You'd like to think he would 
of anyway. But it's interesting we, that you did brave to go on a supporters bus. That is a bit mental. Yeah, I mean, we normally do have a, a good day on the bus regardless, Callum, let's be honest. But mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I do agree. We'd like to see Christian Ramirez find the back of the net at the weekend, uh, sorry, on midweek. But I'd also like to see Ryan Hedges, you know, put in a, a good performance, kind of being maybe missing in recent weeks you know something Willie Gardner said when I interviewed him kind of flattered to deceive on, on occasion and whether or not Marley Watkins coming off early was with the game on Wednesday in mind a bit mm. disappointing if that, that is the case uh, obviously Dylan McGee fitness concerns around him but I would suspect that Funzo Ojo will return to the team and replace him in a like for like in midfield uh, if he is not fit enough and then a name you mentioned there, Callum, Evan Teller, the, the highly rated under-18 captain. Could it be time to see almost another, if you want to say, like the mould of Scott McKenna thrown in from a bit of an unknown into mm-hmm. the team? Would this be the right game? Uh, you know, Livingston can be, you've said stuffy, I was going to say physical. Mm-hmm. Um, would this be the right sort of game to, to trust a, a young and inexperienced at this level centre-back in? If if it's what came to you, obviously, as we said on our Twitter account, there was confusion whether or not Ross McCrory is suspended for tomorrow, uh, Wednesday's game. Uh, Red TV seemed to think he's not suspended until the the, the game against Hibs, but uh, I know it was you know some people believe he's um, suspended for the game on Wednesday. I'm not seeing it confirmed uh, on the Aberdeen website yet. Well, if you've got no idea, you know I've got something going on. What? I, I, Evan, Evan Teller, he, what is he? Seriously, he's 16. Mm-hmm. I admittedly have heard nothing about him until now, <laughs> yeah. but I saw promising young centre-back and I thought, brilliant, we don't have anyone there right now, so yeah. that sounds good. Um, it is young, it is very young, but at the same time, if you're young, if you're good enough, you're old enough, so, sorry. Um, sort of, and suppose this is sort of a low risk game, as you say, perhaps physical, yeah, no doubt. But you know, a game at home against Livingston, you know, it, it, why not? Why not give him a go? And then you find out if he's if he is if it is too soon for him, then we'll find out. We'll know. But you'll be better for the experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I suppose the only other thing I picked up from Stephen Glass's post, you know, pre-match conference against Celtic was the fact that. Um, Declan Gallagher was ahead of Calvin Ramsey in terms of returning from injury. Both are now back on on grass. Um, you know, both you know partaking in, in training, maybe light training compared to the rest of the first team. So whether or not we will see uh, Declan Gallagher or Calvin Ramsey back this weekend remains to be seen. Um, you know, we're speaking about Bruce Anderson coming up against his former club. Patrick Watson there brings up Jet. Could we see him at centre half? I mean, you know, we're turning in laughs at a game just now, would it be a laugh seeing Jet or, you know, could we see Jet involved at all on Wednesday, Calm? To be fair, we're lacking. He's got a left. Get him in there. Uh, it's a curious case of Jet, J. Manuel Thomas. Uh, you know, he sort of featured, he started most games at the start of the season and then just sort of doesn't even get off the bench now. It's It's, it's weird. Perhaps, you know, we've seen him turn in good performances against us and then earn the move to us. Maybe he can do this reverse and, you know, turn in good performances against them after after leaving them. That would be lovely. I mean, I'd be, this is talking very hopefully, I do realise now. Um, but why not? 
I suppose why not give him a chance? There's a tough, there's a run of games coming. Uh, we need, we need to win. Things aren't working for us. And I suppose you could say the same. Austin Samuels is this type of game you maybe, and for someone like Ryan Hedges who's maybe not performing to levels he should be. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, we've seen Teddy Jenks, you know, feature more minutes recently. Um, could we see him, you know, maybe start as well? Um, your Wi-Fi seems to take another turn as it did at the beginning of the show. We'll, we'll uh, round up the, the end of the episode here. So once again, just want to thank everybody that has tuned in to the first live episode that we've done. As you can see, it's not always seamless. It's the joy of, of live uh, podcasting where Wi-Fi does, does play a part, unfortunately. The Livy boys, Cal and Kuta, did a wee prediction. They both predicted uh, 1-1 draws. Do you want to put a prediction on the game? No, not really. But I will, regardless. Um, <laughs> 2-1 Aberdeen win. It's hopeful. Nice. We aren't good at defending, so we'll probably not keep a clean sheet. But we're going to get the win, I've decided. After, even after all yeah. that negativity, we're getting the win. End it on a positive note. Yeah. Uh, well, again, like I said, I'm going to counter your positivity. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to, I'm also going to agree with the Louis boys and see it being 1-1. Again, I don't really think that we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, I just think that Livingston might, if they get the first goal, will, will do enough to, to kind of, you know, like we saw earlier in the season with Ross County when they got the first goal. Uh, putting a good defensive display and it took us till late on in the game to, to find the equaliser. So I think the first goal is massively important uh, on Wednesday night. But hopefully, Cambia being hopefully your prediction is right. And Donny Boy 67 in the comments, they're also predicting a 2-1 victory for the home side. So hope you and Donny Boy are correct, Callum. And just want to say thank you very much again to everybody for tuning into this live episode. We will be back on Thursday lunchtime. Uh, we haven't decided a time yet, Callum. Probably twelve half twelve, uh, depending on our 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 own job schedules. Um, but as I said, you know, hit that subscribe button, get the notifications turned on, and be the first to to find out when we do go live. We will, of course, tweet it out as we've done similarly for tonight's episode. Um, so so you are aware on our own Twitter account, and if you're not following us, make sure you do at RTG underscore podcast and on Instagram RTG podcast. And just a final reminder again: the raffle that we are running um, to raise funds for Aber Necessities and the Community Trust it is ten pound a ticket to get a number. We're looking to sell two hundred numbers for this. Email red tinted glasses podcast at gmail.com to enter. There is two sets of pairs of tickets for the Aberdeen Dundee game on Boxing Day. A signed pair of Richie Byrne boots and a Matthew J. Wood print, a Subutio print of the European Cup winning team. Uh, really good quality print. You can see the pictures on our Instagram, on our Twitter account, on both our Facebook pages. We've shared the, the prize on there. It's on my LinkedIn page as well. You know, we're just trying to get as much awareness of the the raffle out there just to try and get some some funds for two wonderful charities raise some some money so that they can help those that need it most at this time of year but Callum thanks very much I think that went okay I think it did yeah despite the uh, connection issues thanks very much for uh, being in control of that I've had a nightmare especially with them but very much enjoyed it looking forward to Thursday and hopefully going to have enjoyed Wednesday night that would be lovely well that'll be the main thing and we'll see you all Thursday lunchtime. Thank you very much for tuning in. Well, there we have it. The end of our 98th episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll also be alive on YouTube on Thursday at lunchtime. 
following the Livingston game, so please be sure to head over there and subscribe with notifications on so you know exactly when we go live. Thank you very much for joining us again. Here's hoping we'll be back with a positive Dons result next time, and take care.